broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. Well, all smiles, all <laughs> rainbows and puppy dogs, baby. Forget about all of the nonsense on the uh, live show leading up to this part of the episode, which is me grappling with wires and audio mixers and most of all Windows updates, the greatest beast of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Nothing is fucked here, dude. Nothing fucking calmer than you are, dude. <laughs> calmer than you are. Revelations, Josh. Revelations. Revelations. Signs and revelations. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was thinking... Also, I was thinking when my guy was getting strangled, I was like, why aren't you stomping this fucking guy's guts out? Wow, I forgot he died in the opening scene. I I I did too. Took a second longer than that, I thought, no? And I also am like, he would have whooped that guy's ass, right? I mean, it's no, I guess when you have the power of the devil on your side, it (laughs) makes things more challenging. Yeah, he's got, uh, he's got some paddock, little paddock energy in there. Am I clipping? Probably. Why not? Let's add that to the list, honey force. <laughs> Unless you're just trying to send me over the edge for fun. Uh, yeah, it's probably clipping. Why not? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to convey your ranting to the chat. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I typed out some quotes, but didn't do it justice. I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure my experience was better. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, dude, I like this episode. Yeah, it's a solid like. It is, for sure. Um, I'm glad that we're kind of back to Monster of the Week. Yeah, it's been a long road. It's been, uh, I feel like... It's been a long road. Sorry, Star Trek Enterprise was watching it yesterday. Yeah, we talked uh, talking a lot. Talking a lot of mythology. Yes, sir. And we're back. Uh, and I like Monster of the Week. You know, this is an easy story to follow, and it's and I enjoy it. You know, I... I don't, I don't know. I did, I definitely, it seemed like most of our people enjoyed this episode. Um, so, I, I mean, that kind of doesn't surprise me, but I really liked it. I, I don't know. I think it's, um, I like seeing, I, I like seeing Mulder's behavior. Mulder's behavior, this is a Scully episode, and Mulder's behavior is, he needs to be spanked upon the buttocks, I think. What do you think? I think... This is another case of uh, hashtag uh, pan, pen Dana. Pandana. Hashtag, I'm shipping Pendril and Scully once again because you know what? <laughs> you know who would treat her? Dude, Mulder is preach such a preacher, man. He's such a cunt. Yeah. Like, pan, I'm sick with the Pandana. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He, <laughs> I got the fever. I got the Pandana fever. <laughs> the only cure is. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's. Uh, it's frustrating, and again, it's good. It's a good episode. I mean, I like it a lot, and that conflict plays out the most. And right up to the end, and it's really—I mean, it's almost heartbreaking when she's confessing yes. to this priest, you know, and not even yeah. as yeah. much because of her religious convictions. I mean, obviously, it's a part of it, but it's because because uh, Mulder's not there for her. Like he's so dismissive, and we've talked about this before, you know. And I I I have made pointed jokes about it, how Mulder. And I like that they don't beat around the bush, that Scully gets right at it in this episode sure, sure. of like, Mulder will believe anything, anything. <laughs> like yeah, you can't, yeah, yes, yes. I can't imagine a paranormal thing that Mulder 
will not believe. But I don't understand how somebody can believe in ghosts and not the possibility of God. That just I can't reconcile. That's that's that is cognitive bias at work, as far as I'm concerned. Like I don't understand how you can accept certain like like how, every fucking dingbat white chick. And if you're not a dingbat white chick, don't get offended. If you're just a regular white chick, relax. But every dingbat white chick that's like crystals, crystals and like fucking healing Reiki and like I'm like, well, okay, fine, like. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying that's nonsense. I'm just saying like, th- th- I guess I'm just saying have some consistency in what you will allow your mind to stretch towards. I guess what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say is, I guess you have to believe in werewolves if you believe in anything. <laughs> I, think <that's, laughs> I think that's been declared before. I, th- I think that's just what I'm trying to push. <laughs> You're consistent with it. <laughs> um, you know, but I got, I got in, I got a new take on it. This episode. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we want to wait till it kind of we get there in the episode. Fuck it, why bury the lead? Just talk about it. Okay, um, I think it's it's bitterness. Mulder, Ooh, let's he has this. this one angry little line when so, <laughs> that's Mulder when he gets angry. Yeah, besides all of his like completely dismissive, patronizing responses to Scully's, you know, whatever everything she says, pretty much once signs start showing themselves. But I don't like the way he scoffs. It's fucking brutal. The great believer scoffing in his partner's face. It's it's about mad- about her face. <laughs> maddening. <laughs> it's when yeah. uh, it's when Kevin's got the little little poke on the side, right? The old the old spear wound on the side of Jesus. Fucking Longinus, man. Yeah, and she starts going on about Saint Ignatius and mm-hmm. the stigmata and blah blah blah. And, you know, I think this is right where Scully calls them all. Like, how can you believe in everything and not this? Right. Not, you know, the possible of a miracle. And and Mulder, like, kind of snaps about, like, every day I wait for a miracle. So the only, besides, like, the cognitive bias or whatever you want to call it, the only other possibility or theory to pull up is that if, if there is a God or any kind of higher power <clears throat> that Mulder could believe in, he would be so angry and enraged at it by what it has allowed to happen. I like this. Hmm? I like it a lot. Ooh, dude, you have inspired thought in my brain. You have created a wellspring from which ideas will now flow. <laughs> you like that? I like it. Bit of a poem. Tap it. Mm, yeah, some poem. <laughs> Come to my poetry reading, Josh. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, uh, so can I add to that? Yeah, please, dude. Now, now take that, right? And then suggest if you believe in aliens, then you kind of have to believe. All right. It, let, let's say that's true. Let me. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. If you believe in aliens, you have <laughs> you to believe in werewolves and crystals. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe in aliens, crystals, and werewolves, <laughs> and you want to maintain consistency, you have to throw vampires, ghost spirits, specters, and ghouls in there. Hold on. I got to graph this. Wait. <laughs> and also. And also, yes, it was Tulsa Doom, Wellspring, from which you flow. Um, and also, God. Now, here's what becomes very interesting, is that if you put Mulder in that position, he can't, he would be, he wouldn't be able to deny it. So maybe some of the um, anger comes from the fact that he would have to then accept it, which would then make what? He would have to pursue faith, right? If he wants to follow the truth with a capital T to its logical conclusion, and that's, mm. That would be then. Now you feel like you're getting forced into something. Now you're like stuck, and now you're mad because you know. You, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like saying 
It's like, you know, they say ignorance is bliss, but if, when you take that away, suddenly you're like, oh, fuck. It's, it's kind of like what I say. W- w- one of the reasons, I, I, am, I, am, I am definitely not an atheist, definitely not. Um, there's a lot of mysteries of the universe I can't explain. Um, I definitely don't begrudge people their faith. Um, I think I have a spirituality to me that I don't talk about that, that much. I don't understand it a lot. Speaking but I of also, shit, fucking dissy white girl say. Yeah, no shit. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Yeah, yeah, like you meaning meaning beyond the corporeal, mm, right? Okay. I think there's things beyond the corporeal. All right, not full Dan Aykroyd. Not like fucking, you know, I'm I've got school spirit, like some invisible creature in me that makes me love pep rallies. I don't mean like that. More like there's there is beyond there is there are things beyond corporeal explanation. And um I don't know what that means, but I do know that I wouldn't be so crazy as to say God and everything else doesn't exist with uh, with absolute authority. I can't do that, and I don't. And just like I don't think anyone can say one hundred percent exists with authority, and that's kind of like this weird struggle I've always developed in my brain. Um, but then I always think like it would be. I feel like in in in. I know this is how extremist thinking becomes. Be it you know if you're an ex, if if you're if you're an extreme Muslim, if you're ex, an extreme Jew, if you're extreme Christian, Catholic, whatever the fuck is that I feel like I would go extreme because I would be like, well, do you know what I mean? Like I, it would be really hard for me to be like, I'm just going to go on Sunday. No, no, not even like that far, but I'm just saying you, you, I almost feel like you would become somebody who would be like, Oh, this is the way tell everybody versus like, I'm just going to, you know, Kurt Metzger, the comedian, talks about it because he was in, um, he was a Jehovah's Witness. And he oh, talked yeah, about, yeah. Yeah, it's I super heard. interesting because mm-hmm. he talks about like how all these people would be like, He's like, everybody, we thought everyone was heretics. And, and that's, that was his like belief system. And because they believe very literally in a lot of this stuff. And then I guess, I guess my point is it would be hard for me to be one of those people who picks and chooses if I was going to call myself like this faithful Christian. It would be hard for me to be like, oh, well, I'm going to believe this and not this. I'm going to do this. And like, a, like, in other words, a Christian of convenience, like those are like heretics to the, to the really intense people, right? And, and my fear is I would go intense side because I wouldn't want to be like a phony. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Okay. Like it'd be hard for me to kind of go halfway. Yeah, basically exactly what, um, what's his name there? Uh, Owen. Yes. Owen calls yes. out Scully about. Yes, more you know, or like less. Gives more up, or less. Eat fish for a month and you go to Thank you for bringing jerk. it back because yeah. I don't know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we got a... Ring. Thank, <laughs> hey, real quick, thanks for the life raft, kid. <laughs> oh, we got a over the side. I was trying to have a Venn diagram. Oof, boy, yeah. <laughs> Listen, my sound broke. I'm mad, and I'm and, and it's fucking with my my ability to think clearly. So thank you. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, just to, to come full circle to it, Mulder. So so I guess to con- connect what you're saying to what we're talking about. Mulder, if he was to believe in that, yes, he, he would, would go full, full he would speed have to ahead. go full. And a good point from Diane in the chat, he would also have to trust someone, right? I mean, I think Ooh, if, if I like that personal look. If you're going to follow a religion and not just believe in something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a part of it. And I think it's the the element of um, you know, the a lot of things that he is open to aren't necessarily um I'm sorry. Yes, that Mulder is home too, which is you know again everything. Don't have butt stuff. (laughs) I'm trying (laughs) to find the right word. Um, 
independent, like they don't necessarily have, I am blanking on the word I'm looking for. Like they don't have a drive. They don't have a goal. They don't have, you know. Conviction? Yeah, something oh, like that. Oh, I see that. what you're saying. Maybe, maybe they, they seem to lack a larger overarching structure that ties into our very souls, right? Right. right. Like they're not large scale. Like you could say, ooh, ooh, there's this... There's a monster that swims in the fucking shit and has a sucker mouth. Like that doesn't create an existential crisis regarding your soul. Yes. And I'm saying maybe it should. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe right? it should. Maybe it maybe should. should because now, now the fucking floodgates are open. Now you've seen behind the curtain. But if you believe in God or a God of any kind, then you're saying like, okay, all of this could be part of its design or That's whatever. That's a good point. That's I guess a good point. It, yep. And, and then- if you don't like the way things are going, <laughs> you got to look at it and be like, hey, what the fuck? Sure, sure. I like you it. Know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's I a succinct know. approach. I like it. Yeah, man. It's um. That's why this episode's so good because I like, I, I have, uh, I love cognitive bias. Like it, 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 it just excites me when I see it. And then I smugly recline in my chair and I go, this fucking, these fucking people. Like- <laughs> You, you remember when Colonel Jessup is just like, you fucking people, right? Because what, what the point of him saying that and why Jack Nicholson is so good in that moment and the way he says it, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, and, and I don't know because Neville was a Marine, but here's what I do know. I feel like he's saying it because everyone is judging him from a position of where they have no fucking clue what that world is like. And, and they all have these opinions on it and no practical knowledge about the inner workings of something, right? You fucking people. And I'm not saying I do, and I have some answer to life. God knows I fucking don't. But when I see cognitive bias, right? Um, yeah, cognitive dissonance, Audrey's saying it's cognitive bias or cognitive, cognitive dissonance, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm pretty sure there is a licensed therapist in the chat. I think cognitive dissonance is more like everything is a negative filter. Like, oh, somebody didn't return a text right away. They must be mad at me. I think that's cognitive dissonance, whereas cognitive bias is holding two very distinct views, you know, at the same time. Right. Two, right. two opposing views at the same time. Yep. Like, I believe in equality, but not for people from India. Well, you, that's cognitive bias. That, that doesn't work. That's, you, you're, you're done. I don't want to hear you anymore. Right? Exactly. Yep. Cognitive dissonance is more like, oh my God, Josh was kind of quiet on the episode. He must be really mad. I should reach out to him. Oh God. And I think about it for three days like that, I think is more like, or just assuming things are bad. Right? No, you said that backwards. Oh, the I'm first, sorry. I flip-flopped it. You, the you first know one. Yes. The first one was cognitive dissonance. The yes. One was cognitive bias. Yes. Bias is holding the two opposite views in, you know, up at the same time. I think dissonance is that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the first one you described, we have like two, Two opposing like viewpoints that don't make sense, and you somehow find a way to believe both of them, even though it's kind of illogical. And then cognitive bias is—I thought you said it right the first time. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Yeah, let's let's stop it. Then we know what the fuck it's talking about, huh? <laughs> let's, uh, let's get out while the getting's good. <laughs> Slip sliding a little bit on this one. <laughs> Little, little slippy around. Hey, what are you gonna do? You know what I'm trying to say. People understand what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah. I I hope. Yeah, I think they do. Whether whether I name whether I flip flop the names or not, I think they get the fucking point. Right. I don't even know which one we started with, or we. But yes. So, Mulder. (laughs) 
is yeah. take it back to Mulder. <laughs> I I think you're right. I think cognitive bias, right? That's that's no. what you're calling what I yeah, but I'm backwards. I I, I said it backwards. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mulder's fucked. Is what we're saying. Long yeah, story short, d- dissonance is, is the is the conflicting ideas. Bias is the you know negative thought crap I was talking about. I just flip flopped them. No biggie. Okay. That's what Audrey was trying to say in the chat. Yeah, got it. All right, um, but yeah, it is a very interesting thing about him, and I've always just you know I've always just mocked it kind of offhandedly. But this is the first time I was like, oh, what if he actually has like a there's more to this than just a in a way kind of like a writing convenience. Sure, but, sure. You know, like it, it helps set up really good conflicts with Scully. <clears throat> right. But also, you know, you can understand how the church is such an institution that he would kind of like mm, look down on it. Like so many people believe, like Mulder's kind of like a hipster when it comes to the paranormal, right? right? He's right, only totally. going to believe in the shit that like isn't popular. Like a bunch of people believe in God, so he's not into that. that <laughs> right, right. So. He's a hipster. <laughs> right. Fucking hipster FBI guy. Yeah. Holy shit. He yeah. shows up to the next one on a 10 speed. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going. I gotcha. Nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the thing. It, it, but, it, but it does make for an interesting discussion because when you start drilling down on the character's core beliefs, then his dissonance, sorry, ladies of the chat, becomes clear. Because he, it, in that, I think that's part of the frustration. But I also really like what you were saying earlier. Like it's, I don't know. I think that's clever. Makes sense. And yeah. I don't. Do we ever? Is that ever explored more in the series? The his <clears throat> feelings on the religious stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. I. I can't think. Of, I'm sure it comes up again. I mean, it does, be, and it's come up before. You know, it came up a little bit in Beyond the Sea. I think right, right. the first time you ever saw it. Um. You know, and 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 Scully's faith is something that kind of weaves in and out. <clears throat> and again, that's something super interesting where. You know, we've also talked about this before. She's a woman of science. She's a medical doctor. She's a trained FBI agent. Um, and yet she still has faith in a higher power that defies any kind of evidence or anything like that. And she's not, you know, I guess you would call her maybe, maybe you could call her Christian of convenience. Maybe she's not. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying I feel like right, right. I might lose my fucking brain if I went too yep. deep. But I think, um, you know, I think she has faith, but she also, I think, has doubts about her faith. And that's, yeah, man, that's awesome. And I know that gets pursued too, but yeah, it's just very interesting how Mulder, it's really, it's really black and white to him. And it's the only thing that's like black and white. Like everything else is like he lives in the graves. Right. So that's a great point. It's kind of funky. Kind of funky. Scene, scene, the, the, it's like the middle, what middle of the episode when they're doing, um, by the way, how awesome is Owen Lee Jarvis? Dude. I love this going against the stereotype of his appearance. Yeah. Because yeah. he obviously is a strange looking guy. And then you have a situation where he's just like this badass pro- giant protector guy who looks menacing. Yeah, yet it's pretty here cool. he is. It's so cool. I love, I love this. Like, this is the part of the episode. I, I, I think I told you this a long time ago, Josh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go real deep on you. Uh, because that's exactly what this pod needs is more of my fumblings. <laughs> but um, back on the Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Belongs in a museum. I hate snakes, Chuck. <laughs> I hate them. Um, do you remember when I, no, it was on the um, Last Crusade episode. Remember when I was talking about, I love the idea of like secret societies tied to ancient religious orders that oh, are pursuing. Yeah. Dude, I love that story. That's why I really like that fucking Dan Brown book. 
And I know people oh. are going to like think I'm corny for it. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, I never read yeah, that. Yeah, Angels and Demons is better, but still, it's cool. Like it's, um, I just like, like the, oh, the remnants of the Knights Templar and what does this mean? And these guys are still part of the secret order and they're pursuing this thing. Like that's so cool. And that's immediately when I thought of with Owen. Like he's this guy who probably goes way back to wherever. And I don't know. I just, that, it, it just titillates my imagination for like secret societies and weird conspiracies that aren't mythology. That's cool. I like that, man. Yeah. That is very cool. I, stories in that area is, I just like it, man. It's fucking cool. By the way, uh, the actor, Berryman, uh, hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia. Yeah, I saw, I was reading about that. No Has fingernails. No hair. No huh. sweat glands or teeth. Dude, he sounds like the perfect lover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 run through this. No hair, definitely. Mm-hmm. No fingernails, definitely. No get teeth. in there. <laughs> no teeth. That's, All right. Uh, I mean, gr- teeth can be used. Te- teeth can be teeth can be used <laughs> effectively. No but, sweat uh, glands. Nobody yeah. wants me on top of there. Pumping away, dumping, just dumping, gallons just of sweat. Dumping. Just you know sweat. what I mean? 97 humid Massachusetts, August 26th. I'm like the opposite Third of this floor. Guy. I got a chest hair like a like a fucking Irish sweater, and I sweat <laughs> like a fucking mule. <laughs> An Irish sweater? Dude, you just ripped that out of the ether. What the fuck? Yeah, you know one of those like... Like, you know, like the shepherd's guy, no, guys I have. I know. Yeah. I wish I had, I wish I had chest hair. I don't have any of that anymore. Like it was cool when I was young and I was like super ripped, but now I'm like, God, I, I'm a grown man. I feel like a child when I take my shirt off sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, he's be slip. He, you, he'd be, he'd slip right out of bed like a dolphin. <laughs> Yeah, you get all the juices flown and <laughs> he's got nothing to, nothing to hang on to. Magic, yeah, exactly. Yeah, God, it is good though. It's good, yeah. Like you said, the the whole casting against type, right? That's mm, exactly casting what against type. Yes, because you know, unfortunately, he does look kind of monstrous. Don't know? don't pity him, you ableist. <laughs> you don't know I, anything about his life. He's still I, kicking, huh? I guess it's not. It doesn't impact your lifespan. Making more money than I am. So, yeah, ain't that the fucking truth? It's fine. He was in The Hills Have Eyes. That was his, like, yeah, renowned mon- monstrous role. Yeah. Hey, speaking of people in this movie, let Dude, me run this at you. Let's go. And I dug this one out on my own. Oh, I didn't get any you help. didn't get a, no cliff notes no from a BP cliff notes from BP. Oh, dude, he's getting his ass whooped when you see him in the hall, right? <laughs> <laughs> Into the locker, bitch. Sammy Bottoms. All right. I like the name. Mr. Mr. Kreider, Michael Kreider. Okay. The dad, Kevin's dad. I wish my name was Sammy Bottoms. Sam Bottoms. Sam Bottoms. Very, very poor gay porn name. Um, yeah, terrible. Do you recognize him? Do I recognize him? Um, something I, I recognized him, him, but I, but I, I recognize him, but I wouldn't, I would be a liar to say I know where he's from. Well, fucking Apocalypse Now. Oh, he's, he's my Lance. Oh, the fucking dude. surfer dude on the boat. Yes. So what? How fucking wild is it that you have this episode of the X-Files in 1993 that Whoa. has cameos or guest starring or whatever you want to call it. A guy from the two best Apocalypse war movies now, ever and from Full Metal Jacket with Holy Arlie Ermey in the beginning. Fuck. 
Way to bury. Speaking of holy dog the lead, shit. Yeah. How, how do we not talk more about that? I don't know. Holy fuck, man. Like the two best war pictures ever. I know. I mean, especially Vietnam movies ever. That's what I mean. Yeah. Probably more of that. But wow, that's wild, dude. Pretty cool. Sammy Bottoms. Yep. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, passed away in 2008. Pretty Ooh. young. Um, Sammy Bottoms. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty Can you neat. please explain to people, because I don't know if everyone really understands the accolades that Arlie Ermey has in the Marine Corps. Can you please enlighten people on him? Um, yeah. So I don't know everything about his career, but he was a real Marine Corps drill sergeant. Yes. Um, I believe he was a sergeant or a staff sergeant. He wasn't actually a, a gunny, a gunnery sergeant as he is right, in, right. in the movie. Although he was, he was honorarily promoted after becoming famous. By no sport. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was he, one away, I guess, as he was an E6. Yeah. So he was a staff sergeant. Um, but yeah, real life Marine. And he was a technical advisor and had some interest in, uh, in the role, but he was, he was on the set of a metal jacket as the advisor they had cast the guy as as Gunny Hartman, and he kept just showing him, you know, trying to give him like some examples of how to do it. And uh, Kubrick there was like, uh, "Yep, I guess you just do this." So, yeah. and that's hard because Kubrick's like, "No, right." And one of the few, uh, if any, people I can imagine that you know improvised most of his lines. Hell you know, yeah. Kubrick, I think, is notoriously like everything is to a T to the sure. script. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was kind of it. He was just such an embodiment of, of uh, you know, exactly the a role D. he was playing. Because, yeah. yeah, he'd done it before. And he, you know, and he has a charisma to him. He Totally. You know, you I see mean, him he, in, he's in, on TV and movies and right. shit. He doesn't certainly have, like, a very wide range. But, you know. Dude, he can, that, why, you got to go to California. Oh, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? California? You, you're good looking. You could get over there. You could be like, listen, I want to be a tech advisor. Dude, I thought about being a tech advisor when I first got out. That's but I, such a dope fucking. Uh, I think it's so flooded now. You know, yeah. like yeah, a bunch of guys are like, <laughs> you know, everybody's a combat vet. Everybody has like, right. real, you know, it's right. like whatever. We're, you're so, a dime a dozen. So here goes. I did get to go- meet him though. By the way. Oh I, no way! I told you that. I don't know if I told you that, but I think um, you did. Yeah, he was the guest of honor at the Marine Corps birthday ball for my uh, battalion. Um, right before, before or after we, uh, after we got back from Afghanistan, I think. Yeah. It appears that that's his, his deal. There's a picture of him at the 2006 Marine Corps birthday ball. Yeah. But I mean, he was at a battalion one, like just, just our little battalion. It was pretty cool cool that like we, that's sick. Yeah. And he was awesome, dude. He went up, you know, he was the guest of honor, gave a little speech. And when he went up there, he just like ripped into Gunny Hartman mode for like the first couple oh, minutes. Oh, hell yes. You know, and he was killing everybody. And then did, you know, did he have to salute you because you came out of OCS as a lieutenant? We were inside, so we were uncovered. So no, okay, okay. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's saluting in there. And then, so, of course, everybody and their mother trying to buy him drinks, you know. Yeah, of course. He's uh, He was on the wagon at the time, or maybe he just uh, doesn't drink anymore. I don't know. Yeah, well, dude, here's his, here's his awards and decorations, just because... Uh, uh, this is interesting to me. Uh, meritorious Unit Commendation, Good Conduct Medal with Two Bronze Stars, National Defense Service Medal, Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal, Vietnam Service Medal uh, one, with one silver star, Marine Corps Drill Instructor Ribbon, South Vietnamese Gallantry Cross with Palm, South Vietnamese Presidential Unit Citation, South Vietnamese Campaign Medal, Rifleman Marksman Badge, Pistol Sharpshooter Badge. Uh, pretty wild, yeah. All that shit he wears, if you were wondering. The old... 
The old fruit salad, as you call it. The old fruit salad on his chest. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Fucking hell of a, hell of a guy though. Got to me. Awesome. Well, he, uh, when he, just when he starts in this episode, you're like, here he goes. Let her rip. I just was like, let her rip. Yeah. I like that he, he starts pretty steady and really ramps up, right? He doesn't start screaming from the get go. He starts, you know, he's, He's always kind of forceful in how he talks, but uh, yeah, right, kind of right. it kind of ramps up to the fire and brimstone, and then the yeah. old hand blood hands, <laughs> old blood old, hands, old, old old ketchup fingers, <laughs> old ketchup fingers. What are you doing, dude? Yeah, um, he's so, a charlatan. That bummed me out. <laughs> I was bummed. I was like, man, yeah, yeah, and then and that 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 whole aspect of this too is interesting. Where so this guy and I know we're, we're you know we're all over the place in this one. That's just how it's going to be, right? But this guy Simon, right? Yes, very Simon, Simon the killer, the hunter. Simon the killer. Yeah. Um. This. He, so he's a CEO. He's one of the wealthy wealthiest men in in the South. Like, okay, CEO, CEO. Yeah, of a major corporation. They don't name what it is. Right. Yeah. Um. They have many. Different you said things. CEO, and I think maybe you were still in uh, military oh, oh. mode. <laughs> CEO. CEO. And um, you know this this. Thing that Mulder mentions, the Jerusalem syndrome, I think he calls yeah, it. Yeah, what is that? Like the fuck? And that was that was kind of interesting. That was kind of out that there and bullshit. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look. It. Keep talking. I'll All look right. it up. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting that he brings it up. Is you know because when we first see this guy, you think, or I thought, you know, maybe like, all right, this is a misopatic. This is a you know, just a direct dispatch from saying himself or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, a high level minion, a, a ranking devil doing, <laughs> doing the dark Lord's work Hell down yeah. here on earth. And then it's kind of interesting that like, Oh wait, no, this is a, this is a person. He has an interesting choice, you know, in, in the writing of this episode to make him you know, like this is a real guy. I agree. He, he's a, he's a human being. This is his name. This is, who he is, where he's from. Yeah, like he didn't leap forth from a dead tree trunk on a fucking white horse. Right. With the yeah. kind of the opposite of Mrs. Paddock kind of appeared from nowhere and disappeared into into nowhere. Right. Um, you know, and I'm not saying like better or worse, just different. Cause then it, it raises a whole new question of like, okay, well, like obviously he has powers. We see that, so where do they come from? Like sure. What is it this Jerusalem syndrome? Is it or or a real version of that? Um, the, uh, kind of some of the, the shit that borders on mythological or is there another word for mythological when it pertains to religion? What am I? Maybe supernatural, yeah, but I, can't, I don't know if that works. I'm, I am failing at the word selection tonight. <laughs> um, but the, some of the things they touch on is cool. You know, with, with Owen, when he, his body, not like not breaking down as bodies are supposed to not decomposing, yes. not going to rigor mortis. Do you smell the floral scent about him? Uh, apocryphal or theological words that were presented to me by smarter people in the chat. Um, apocryphal means not true, doesn't it? Yeah. Like an apocryphal story. Yeah. Theological. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe theological. So mystical. All right. Arc, All right. Arc, I, arc. I, I, everybody's a fucking <laughs> Willie Moore Smith. In Everyone's here. a fucking <laughs> synonym Googler. How about archaic? Huh? <laughs> How about supernormal? Anyone extra mundane? <laughs> the um, occult? Ooh. Occult. But anyway. yeah, I like this. Uh, I really like that. The, the incorruptible thing. Like that kind of totally. got my hair standing up a little bit. That got me thinking of some kind of like role playing game kind of shit. Absolutely. You know, that, that scene when his, uh, <laughs> his mom gets a little sleepy 
gets tossed oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> dude, she got tossed onto the street, cracked her fucking mouth dude, open. Dude, did you see that? That bounce. Boo. You got to take take one jujitsu lesson. Do some break falls. <laughs> <laughs> one judo class, bro. Tuck that fucking shoulder. Lady. She moved her arms like she was just trying to get them out of the way to so make sure can- <laughs> nothing slowed the impact of her face off the pavement. I want nothing to stop my teeth from biting asphalt. Oh, man. Yeah, that was pretty good. But yeah, that whole... uh, I didn't understand how the mom died, though. I mean, they were going like 16 miles an hour when they hit that tree. But anyway, I'm getting off base. Yeah, I think she probably probably had some brain bleed going and then... Yeah, that's true. Doubled down and, you know, you're... uh, Jarred it loose. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Game over. (laughs) Yeah, but that so yeah, so you have the incorruptible thing, you have the whatever Simon's powers are, you have the actual obviously um the powers of Kevin, the stigmata and the sure. the sig what did I say? Saint Saint Ignatius, that whole when he's kind of in two places at once. Right, that's cool. All that shit. All this shit is very cool. I like it. <clears throat> and I like that, you know, again, the limits of TV, we've talked about this before, you kind of have to show it. So it eliminates some of the uncertainty, but that's fair. I think they do it well here where it's never over the top on what they show. Like even when you see Kevin in two places at once, one of them, it's from like behind and you can't, you never see his face. You're obviously assuming it's him, but it's sort of like, huh, what the hell was that? Like I had to rewind and be like, wait, was that the same kid? It was like, yeah, no, I, that, that caught me by surprise brother in the too. Back? Right. That caught me by surprise too. Yeah. It's All funny right. until, until the connection of it to, something biblical i was a little perturbed by the sudden realization that it could appear two places at once and it seemed inconsistent but then when they drew it back towards as carmelita saying all the cool christian mythical shit stigmata incorruptible saints by location i was like okay that's cool yeah 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 i like all that shit you know me too i mean uh what's our boy's name um old 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 sexy eel owen owen um you know, he's sexy eel. He's a <laughs> and fucking swolf. dolphin smooth baby. Oh God. <laughs> Going back to the walking dead cast. Yeah. Podcast. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, what is the Atlantic and dolphin smooth? He's a, he's a true believer. He's, you know, he's, he's a chosen. He's whatever. And I mean, he does, I, I don't know. Like, I think God might give you a break if you went feet first out that window <laughs> instead of head first. But man, he's he's all in. His faith is all in. He will do whatever it takes. Um, that is a uh, let's just call that a a biblical fortitude. Because boy, he just pays for it. <laughs> Cuffs behind his back. I also like the idea of, and it's a very subtle moment in this episode, but him just busting the cuffs. Does that it, shows you some kind of strength beyond. I didn't re- did he bust him or or break his thumb or something? No, oh, I don't. I, I think he's going boom because I thought I saw the thing still on his wrist. Oh, cool. Yeah, it must be because I, I think he was uh, his hands were free when he was uh, grappling in the next scene, and just just that. Yeah, you're right. He just busts him right from right behind his back, and fucking awesome. And just the element of he shows up in the nick of time, like he is called, like he doesn't just run out the window. Sure. You know, because he feels like trying to make a getaway, he he is called to somewhere. He is called to protect Kevin, right? On. And and barely gets there in time. Yeah. So all this shit is cool, and you know, Scully has this this faith element, and clearly it's gonna affect her and mold her. It just has no patience for it. 
None. Right. None, none, none. You know, and the point of Scully makes some makes some leaps here, but boy, like it it does, you know, I, I I like to poke fun at the shippers because I love them and they're some of our like best fans, the shipper of course. three. Of course. Um by by talking about how Mulder maybe isn't the the best mate you could imagine. But not even joking, in this episode, he Mulder really be, you know what? He would be like by the third it would be let's see. It would be like by that like third year. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> now I gotta fucking like now this is the guy that supports like Yeah. Yeah, ugh, yeah the whole know? I'm spontaneous. Oh yeah. That's cool, except awesome. when it fucks up your vacation plans. Yeah. Hey, real quick, you forgot to pick me up at the airport. What a fucking what a devil may care romantic you are. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, dude? Oh, like it's dude. cool when you're throwing pebbles in my window. And we have yeah. an unannounced plowing session, but like, pick me up from the fucking airport. Oh, you showed up from work and like, you contacted my boss and got time off and we went on a cruise, but then my fucking came back and my cats are dead because you didn't yeah. make any plans to Thanks. take care of them. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Awesome, dude. Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah, but like, he is downright, I, okay, borderline, if not downright, <laughs> disrespectful. He ratches it back. Disrespectful to Scully and like yes. her- her beliefs and her feelings. And then as we get towards the end here, when Scully makes that jump, makes that leap of faith, that loose connection about the full circle to find the truth. Amen. Relating to the recycling and <clears throat> Simon owns, you know, his corporation uh, yes. owns the recycling plan. It makes a move to go there. And Mulder just fucking lets, lets her go. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, okay. doesn't show up to shadow her. There's no fucking need. He could dispatch like, okay, yes, he thinks a black and white, yeah, there or dispatch the other units to the airport where he, where he thinks he might be. Right. What is he personally need to go there? He lets Scully walk into that situation alone because he's so sure she's wrong. Mm-hmm. And even if you are sure, you're you're just saying you go, you go anyway. Yeah, exactly. you go to. That's the difference because like, she goes when you're fucking dumbass. Like gets a burr up your ass about some oh, all whimsical Johnny over fucking here, fucking were reptile alien hybrid, <laughs> <laughs> Native American like spirit animal, fucking you Wendigo cruising yeah. around. You go, yeah. yeah, you go. Even if, even if, yeah, you. That's what that's being a partner. You know, sometimes you go. Now, the only time you don't go is if you think we're going into a situation that's going to be quite deadly, and then we need more people to go. But if you're so convinced nothing's there, then just go. Just go. Just go. If you think there's a threat there, go. If you don't think there's a threat there, go. Exactly. You can fucking send cops to go look around at the airport where his car is. What are you going to do, super sleuth? (laughs) You'd be sitting at the fucking airport staring at ankle holsters. Fucking walking on the tarmac looking up for UFOs. Being (laughs) bored. Being bored by chasing a child Did you see it, Scully? The pattern of the clouds. Smolder, I don't think. You never believe me! He gets all mad. You you know who would have gone with her? She would have gone with her? Oh, you're Agent Agent Pendrel. I'm sick with it. Agent Pendrel is there. (laughs) You got that pen. I'm sick with it. You got that pen, Danick. (laughs) I'm sick with it, John. (laughs) It's coursing (laughs) through my veins. (laughs) But it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mrs. Cutter in the chat. Of course, Scully would have gone with him if the situation was reversed. Scully no, has done no that already in season three. She's done that two dozen times minimum when she's gone out on a limb or shown up somewhere, like against her better judgment at the threat of her career. You know, yeah, she always goes, fucking Mulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm I'm into it, baby. I'm into it. Yeah. There we are. But, um, Get we have a like, horse about that. No, you're good. Uh, a couple cool things at the end of the episode. I love I love that they that they so it's such a reasonable can first of all, here, let me tell you what really angers me. And I don't even know if this is like it's borderline if this is borderline a writing faux pas, but because of the because of the nature of the episode leading up to the end of the episode, I will give the episode a pass. But I do want to throw this out there. So we know that this guy has burning hands, which is really cool. He's also very strong. Dude, he pulls the bars apart and leaves them glowing red hot. And then Mulder's like, I'm going to look for a soldering torch. <laughs> a soldering torch. Are, are you? Because you've never seen super strength before. Like, regardless of what you think about anything, dude, there's no way Mulder He, he goes ever, so far in the other direction. He goes so far in the other like it's, it's like a reflex now. Now it's like he's making a point. Yeah. Like how many things have you seen with strength that can just rip bars open? That's goofy. But I will chalk it up to he's in that headspace for this whole episode. And that's just, he's now just going to be a petulant child. And just that's the way it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I like, I, it's funny because you see Owen and you're like, he's such an intimidating presence. And that's the other thing that I think plays well. Speaking of it, going against stereotypes, this old man, you don't think he's going to overpower Owen, yet he can. Right. And we already know because he busted handcuffs that right. Owen is a strong individual. And uh, whenever um, whenever the boy pops out of that fucking wicker basket like a king cobra, that was weird. <laughs> fucking shoots out of that thing and Put runs your, tries to, right? Get your bloody hands off the sides, you dummy. <laughs> I got my nice silk scarves in there. Mm. And then they're grappling in that walk in closet and he just overturns Owen and just that's it. He just strangles him to death. No problem. Um, that's another play against the stereotypes when you just look at the appearance of these men. Yeah, that's a good point because there's nothing physically intimidating about Simon until you see what he he can do. Sure, Arlie Ermey is not a small man. You know, no, he's no, not. He's not a. He's not a pushover. He's a. You know, he's, right. And he's holding him up in the air that in that opening scene, strangling him uh, to death. Indeed, and the burning um, along with it. That's a cool touch. That's a cool touch. Yeah, I like that. And it's not overly, it's not super, you know, it's not all special affected out of its ass. Right. It's, it's subtle. Um, I like the, I like the recycling set piece. This is really good. This is cool, man. That, that thresher the stacks thing. stacks of paper and shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's awesome. That thresher he jumps into. Oh boy. That is not the way to go out. Man. And they really hold on that arm. <laughs> <laughs> I would take, take the wood chipper over that for sure. Yeah. What I, you, you called it something. What is it called? I, I called it a thresher. I don't know if that's the right word. It's pretty wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. It's, I, I don't think that would be as fast as like a wood chipper. I think, yeah. You're probably right. I think it's going to suck a lot. A lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. Thanks. No thanks to Mulder. She gets out of this, um, which I'm sure he was great. He seemed very concerned at the end of the episode for her in this. <laughs> Douche wagon. <laughs> this guy sucks. Um, but yeah, I like, um, this kid is, uh, He's in Treasure Island, this kid. He plays fucking the young Jim Hawkins. He he did a, quite a few things, this kid. Really? Yeah. A 1999 movie. I think that's the one. Is that the one with Tim Curry? <clears throat> no, no. He does the Muppet one. What am I talking about? <laughs> 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 oh, shit. But yeah, and we, we kind of touched on it already. But that final scene. Um, some the confession? Yeah. It is. Uh, I like it a they're lot. They're talking about it in the chat right now. It, it's a heartbreaker, man. It's a yeah. heartbreaker. It is so, it sucks. It sucks to hear Scully in that, that place where, you know, she, she's, she talks about, 
I don't think anyone's listening. You know, or, or she's afraid that God. Yeah, she says that too. That's no a sad. That's a sad thing to imagine as a woman of faith. Like, but even more sad is that she, she can't voice any of this to Mulder because he's right. not. Li- he's not listening. Right. He's shut off from her. Yeah. Fucked. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Well, there we well, have it. Revelations, baby. I like it, man. Um, good, it's listener, a good episode. Listener, listener comment. Throw at ya. You do. Yeah. Hit me. Yeah, like a long one, a long one. But because we were pretty pro on this, I wanted to read. Uh, I think kind of the only yep, downside I saw that one too from uh, from Sir Thom himself. Uh, personally, I think this episode is kind of weak. The story seems unfocused at times, and the supporting characters don't feel fully realized. I read that there were problems mm. with the script, and I think it shows that is true. We didn't mention that, but production wise, there were a lot of issues behind the scenes. Um, it's possible that I struggle with episodes where Mulder seems bored. As usually, it's his enthusiasm and determination to uncover the truth that drives the narrative. Gillian Anderson's acting saves the day. However, for me, Scully's faith and the tension it causes between her and Mulder plays out better in other episodes. Mm. Having said that, I don't, don't dislike the episode. It's an enjoyable 45 minutes. The subject matter is interesting, and it contains one of my favorite deaths. Susan's innocuous fall, which somehow <laughs> leads to a profusely bleeding head wound, a fatal car crash, and a son who appears completely unaffected by the loss of his mother. <laughs> I've laughed at her death every time I've watched this episode, which probably says more about me than I'd like to admit. That's how you get one star reviews for Thom. Yeah. Uh, also, a shout out to the school nurse who seems strictly standoffish and shit at her job. I don't know if this is true, but according to IMDb, the thermometer she gives Kevin is actually a rectal thermometer. Yeah. But neither she nor Scully seems to notice. Let's hope she gave it at least a cursory wipe before she <laughs> popped in his mouth. It's <laughs> uh, like from Sir Thom. I like it. Oh yeah, the school nurse is treating the kid in the classroom. They didn't bring him to the nurse. Yeah, she, she she's like a, you call the nurse. She's like a first responder kind of stuff. <laughs> We're gonna medevac this kid. Cool. So um, it's interesting that he says that um, I struggle with episodes where Mulder seems bored as usually his enthusiasm and determination to uncover the truth that drives the narrative. This is a very true formula that was put forth by the X Files, and I understand the struggle when they flip it on its head. Um, fortunately, when you have somebody like Jillian Anderson opposite of you, you can get away with these things. And that's where the power of the episode resides for me. Um, I think it's thought provoking enough to make it interesting because it makes you think about Mulder's ready ladies, cognitive dissonance (laughs) and discuss it in a, uh, in a fun way. Yeah. But, you know, saying the side characters aren't fully realized, it's not terrible. Um, we didn't talk much about the kid's dad because he doesn't do much, but then he gets medicated into oblivion, so he doesn't even remember shit, which is pretty sad. Mm. What's really sad is the fate of this kid. Where is he going to go? Like, that's a bummer. Yeah, I, and it, that's an interesting point, too. I think somebody mentioned a different comment about how he shakes Scully's hand at the end and says, like, I, I will see you again, or I mm, hope I'll see you cool. again, one or the other, um, and doesn't. That, that could have been a neat, neat comeback. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I personally kind of disagree. I, th- you know, just subjectively, my opinion. I think we get out of the side characters what we want. You know, I we've talked about Owen. I, I like what sure, we get from sure. him. I like the dad's just kind of like a he's like a religious nut, so he kind of like feeds into Mulder's like dismissiveness. You know, I think that works well. I like it. Um, you know, and the kid is who the kid is. Somebody was yeah. somebody's kind of crooning over have an attraction at a young age. He's got that, who's that kid? Jonathan. He's, good, he's a good looking kid. He's a good looking guy. He Taylor, grows up to be. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right? Wasn't that that kid? Yeah. 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 He's like a 12 year old heartthrob. 
That's not um, weird. Daniel Quetta has got stray thoughts to say Mulder should have eats evidence. Both Mulder and Scully look especially attractive in this episode. Both are having a great hair day. Scully mentioned the FBI alert. Did they put on an alert for people with stigmata? <laughs> <laughs> Mulder, do you never, you never draw my bath? Who says that? I seriously CC was fucking with shippers. Seriously CC Chris Carter was fucking with shippers. That's funny. <laughs> He's jealous of a fucking 10 year old. Uh, um, I do have a, uh, a bonus listener question. Please hit me. My friend, which uh, I'm dropping on you by surprise because we didn't talk about it ahead of time. Uh-oh. From the well, one, probably because we had audio issues for literally thirty minutes. Yeah, literally, literally. Uh, from the one and only Kamalita. Um, hard to imagine X Files without Mark Snow's score, but try. Mm. If you had to choose a different composer to create music for the X Files, who would it be? Hmm. I already got an answer because I had the liberty of knowing this ahead of time. Um, do you uh, do you want first crack, or do you want me to? Give um. No, you can you can go. It's okay. Um, I went with Hans Zimmer. Nice. I, I think that's kind of a fucking cop out to pick one of the greatest composers <laughs> of all time, but yeah. I think he uh, he does really well in. Um, yeah, I mean, he has a lot of different kind of sounds, but I was actually thinking most about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh god, that's such a good score. Yeah, and I thought that some of those kind of tones, some of the ways he he does things in that. You know, yeah, because he he has some speaking stuff of dissonance, right, right. Yeah. That I think could could work well. I don't know composers very well at all. Probably, definitely not as well as you do. Um, you know, I don't really know anybody that does the kind of shit that Mark Snow does. That synthy kind of electronicy. You know, it's John Carpenter's <laughs> synthy electronicy, but balls. like a, in a different direction. <laughs> but. <laughs> She's, she's like, oh, not John Williams? Too mainstream for you? <laughs> how, how about fucking Beethoven? How about fucking... <laughs> All right, fuck it. I thought of a specific movie. It was Hans Zimmer. I, I can dig it. Yeah, I get what you're saying because he can... It's less... You can go less orchestral with him as as is, as is seen by 2049. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I have... I, I, I got two kind of picks. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit more of a out-there pick, and I hate to be this fucking guy, but... There's a composer named Philip Glass. You're probably not I, aware of him. Most of his moves are fun. Oh, God, I hate it. <laughs> no, I've heard of this guy. Yeah, Philip Philip Glass. Um, he does a lot of. Uh, let me see, Matt. Uh, let me let me let me look it up. Let me look up this particular piece of. Um, uh, oh, I just thought of somebody who would be really good. Um, Arvo Parr. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. If you get a chance to listen to Tabula Rasa by him. Um, I wrote many, many a games just with par blaring into my head. Ooh, cool. Yeah, same with Philip Glass. Uh, but as far as composers, people probably know who I think could successfully do it based on Westworld alone would be um, Ramin Jawadi. He mm. does Game of Thrones, um, and I'm pretty sure he does Westworld, and I yeah. think he could do it. Really cool. Um, the, whole, the fucking chat's all sucking your dick for your picks and just oh, tearing God. me down. Great. You, already, you got your dick sucked a little earlier, though. It's my turn, bro. Did I? Yeah. Um, you got to laugh the whiskey, kid. Um, so, um, no, Phil Glass and Arvo Parr. They're, they're, they're worth checking out, but but as more mainstream he goes fucking my guy from ramen jawadi could fucking crush that shit mm. yeah and he you know what he's there's similarities between him and zimmer so there okay. you go this is an interesting one from honey force uh angelo bada bada oh 
Doom. Um, he's from the original Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah, I don't know the name, but I remember the the sound in Twin Peaks. I think that that would fucking work for sure. Johan Johansson's a great fucking pick. He did the music for. Um, God, he's done a couple movies, but he did that really big sci-fi movie with um, the fuck's her name? Goddamn, the one where the aliens communicate. It looks like they're putting ink on the screen. I covered the uh, movie, Arrival? The Arrival. Yeah. <laughs> very cool, very cool music by him. Yeah, he passed away pretty young, sadly. Yeah, that was only like a few years ago. Yep, Johan Johansson. He's awesome. Yeah, those fucking um, Swedes, those, those guys out there in the fucking snow, man, they make really cool sounding music. Yeah. Hey, uh, shout out to... Uh, to White Death in the chat and to all our Yo. other Scandinavians because apparently it's Midsommar over there. So they're going to throw old people off cliffs or whatever they do. Hell yeah. yeah. Get get after it. Yeah. Yeah. Check out, uh, if, if you if you are interested in that kind of shit, Phil Glass, who is easy to find, Metamorphosis. They actually use Metamorphosis in BSG. But uh, Arvo Parr, he's got some, some fucking wild, like, it, you feel like you're changing it. Let, let me try to describe it. You feel like you're changing a tire in a snowstorm and night's falling and you know that the snow is the least of your worries kind of music. Like when you, <laughs> let's the, that that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> Good description. Nikki in the chat, Danny Elfman, just for the Darren Morgan episodes. You need the sound out like uh, that, like shit from Warner brothers. Bum, 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 mm, ba-da, ba-da, bum. Like yeah. when I do like machinery and shit, like the old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Well, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, good stuff, man. We got through our difficulties and, and powered through as we always do. Yeah, you could say that. Um, you Not know what's without next, my major friend. frustrations. <laughs> That's all right. Um, what is next, Josh? Well, well, immediately next will be a re-release oh, right. of right, War right. of the Coprophages, which was uh, which was previously covered, and uh, was. that was a special one for contest winner and uh, voice yes. of the X Files intro. Ruthless Ruth Bales. That makes it kind of a newer one, which is neat. And uh, what's after that? Oh, Syzygy. Bam. Syzygy. Our listeners have been clamoring about this one. So excited to get to it. Awesome. I don't remember it at all. Can you give me a teaser on Syzygy? Um, a rare alignment of planets gives two homicidal teenage girls dangerous telekinetic powers while simultaneously driving their small town insane with satanic panic. Let's go. I oh, like it. And, and as the cherry on top of that fucking 90s mm. Sunday, Mulder's interest in the, the local female detective makes Scully jealous. Let's go! I'm into it, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, in the spirit of the X-Files podcast, tell the good people goodbye. You might be feeling a little warm. It's just the pandemic sweeping the nation. Listening to the X Files podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. Mm-hmm.